Today is the last Sunday of Advent, and it's, it's kind of payback for uh, last year we canceled Christmas, Christmas Day services in the morning because we thought people should be with their families celebrating Christmas. So this year we have two services in one day to make up for last year, you know? Today's sermon is about perspective. I could show you a Peanuts cartoon and read passages from the Old Testament and make you feel warm and fuzzy. Today we're going to talk about perspective on Christmas Eve. It's, and maybe I'm the only person that thinks this way, so just bear with me, but it's a very humbling thought. Some of these crummy toys from the dollar store, this one happens to be from Old Navy and from those big prize bins, that kids are going to receive in their stockings tomorrow will not only outlive you, they may even outperform you. You know, this could be around in like 50 years, perfectly intact, bouncing like it always did, you know, while you're in a wheelchair or disabled and, and coming to the end of your life. This ball will live on, you know? It's a very humbling thought to think that these inanimate objects go on that are so simple. And the, the, that kind of brings some perspective to your life, doesn't it? Pretty dark. <laughs> this is my gift to you. Merry Christmas. There's a, there's a song by Brad Paisley, which I haven't brought myself to listen to because music, uh, well, it's country music, first of all, and uh, <laughs> I, knew th- I knew the first row would be upset. I actually do enjoy some country music. Country music, I just want to clarify, is actually just pop music with an accent. So if you want to hear real, real country music, there's you know, Johnny Cash and Garth Brooks, maybe. No. Okay, so so Brad Paisley wrote this song that, I haven't, that my brother-in-law shared with me in the midst of conversation. Uh, again, because of how music kind of messes with my emotions, I couldn't bring myself to listen to it because I knew I'd be a sappy mess uh, listening to it. But it's called, There's a Last Time for Everything. And the lyrics say, Last call, last chance, last song, last dance. Sometimes you just don't know when that's going to be. Hold me, baby. Give me a kiss. Like tonight is all there is because there's a last time for everything. Kissing goodbye on her porch and driving away, introducing her as your fiancé, getting woke up at 5 a.m. to see if Santa came. There's a last time for everything. Biscuits and gravy at Mama's house, a last time for everything. Spring break on a fold-out couch, a last time for everything. It's a very humbling thought that this Christmas, this Christmas Eve, this Christmas season, might be the last Christmas you experience with things as they are today. It's a perspective thing. Um, I'll, never, I'll never forget now, looking back, the summer of 2012, and our family gathered for our reunion at the 7A Ranch in Wimberley, Texas. And that was the last time that we got to spend time with Jackie's grandfather on her mom's side. Wonderful man of God, we honor him. Her grandmother on her father's side. Our cousin Sam, who died of cancer. Family members who are no longer uh, part of our extended family. 
And then, to add insult to injury, and with some sense of poetic um, foreshadowing, the 7A Ranch was decimated in 2015, uh, just three years later, by flooding. And it'll never quite look the same. And it's a humbling thought to think about that, that uh, family reunion. You know, we thought that life would go on as it was going forever, you know, in a sense, that we'd always have these people. We'd always have this place to go back to. And it looks quite a bit different these days. And we've had to rebuild a new experience. But I often think, what would it have been like if we had known how things would change back in 2012? What would that week have looked like? What kind of petty annoyances and things that bothered us or, you know, separated us or the kids acting up on the plane that, you know, maybe we overreacted to or being frustrated with each other or whatever it might be is so inconsequential, thinking about those, those memories. You know, for some of us, you know, some of the people we'll see over Christmas, it'll be the last Christmas we spend with them. Let's be real about that. Um, some of you are already in that place where you are thinking of Christmas's past, even as I'm talking, and thinking about the last Christmas you shared with this or that person. Um, and, and you wish you hadn't taken those moments so lately. Depressing people is my spiritual gift. Just so, so you know. <laughs> Merry Christmas. It all comes down to perspective. You know, from the tiny bouncy ball that will outlive us and outperform us, you know, to those times when we just think things are going to keep going as they always have. And I think that, you know, it's times like this, Christmas time, we should be humbled by our lack of perspective on even our own lives, let alone other people's lives, let alone uh, how we view God. You know, we are very lost in the mire and the swamp of our lack of perspective in life. And we should have a high degree of humility when we think about these things. Apart from God's work in us, we do not see ourselves, other people, or God as they actually are. We are walking around with blurred vision all the time. But we're pretty sure that we see things pretty clearly. But we are broken. We're broken mind, body, soul, spirit. It says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. That sounds hopeful too. This is my Jeremiah-esque sermon, right? The heart is de deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? It's saying even our, even our hardware you know, that we use to perceive reality around us, it's broken. Um, think about those, uh, what goes through a person's mind before they make final or life-altering decisions. They're just foolish, terrible decisions. Um, but the truth be told, all of us are a little bit out of our mind and a little bit off our rocker. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. So you can judge other people, you can judge, um, your, you can judge other people, you can judge yourself. But, uh, but truthfully, all of us are a little bit off in our perception if we're uh, correct. And I believe the issue is that, you know, inside, all of us have a longing for things to be right, 
for things to be the way they're supposed to be. God has placed that inside of us. And even though human beings sinned against God, fell away from him, and were damaged in their perception, we call that the fall, that theological idea, um, even though we've fallen, that has not removed this sense in us that we want things to be as they should be. We want things to be right. Ecclesiastes 3, 10 through 11, I love how it says it. It says, I've seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time, but he's also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Eternity itself, the scriptures say, was placed in our heart by God at birth. You know, we were meant to live eternally and never die before sin entered the world. And we still live with that kind of perception that things will always go on just as they've always gone, that people will live forever, that places we love will be, uh, will be there, that everything will be made right. Um, and I think that many times the confusion that, that's caused by having this eternity in our hearts placed there by God yet being broken and bruised by the fall, has created this confusion. And it keeps us from having a correct perspective on life, on events, on things. Uh, people, due to the brokenness that we experience is so deep in our, in our lives, not only can they, uh, do they lack perspective uh, in the negative sense, but also in the positive sense. If you look at Jeremiah 17, it says... This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in the salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when he comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. There's that verse. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. The part that really I, I zero in on here is verse 6. That person will be like a bush in the wasteland. They will not see prosperity when it comes. So listen, some of us are living in really good circumstances with beautiful life situations and, and all these people, and we can't even see that. We're so restlessly broken inwardly that we can't even see the blessings and the good things in our lives. It's crazy. We are so broken. We lack so much perspective. We want things to be right, but we can never see when right is right in front of us. It's, it's a tragedy. Um, who will save us from ourselves? Who will save us from our chronic lack of seeing things as they, as they are, and other people as they are, and God as he is? Who will repair what is broken? And you know what the answer is going to be, because this is church. This is actually a true answer, though. The Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, can repair what is broken, 
can bring back what the enemy has stolen and can redeem our darkness and our brokenness and turn it into light. The Prince of Peace, the light of the world, Jesus Christ. So we go around blind and blurry, full confidence, like someone driving down the highway, closing their eyes and flooring it. We are so confident. We have eternity in our hearts, but we cannot see. Who will deliver us from this conundrum? The light of the world, Jesus Christ. Only Jesus, the Prince of Peace, can take our bodies, our minds, our soul, our spirit, which were created for eternity and have eternity set in them, and restore us to their fullness so that we can see things as they actually are. Only God can reach in and restore that part of us that wants things to be right. Only God can show us who he is, who we are, and who others are. You know, we need God's perspective. This plan to bring restoration through the Prince of Peace coming into the world, Jesus Christ, was a plan that God had from the beginning. Where it says in Genesis 3.15, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. This is God speaking to Satan. And the offspring of the woman will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Jesus is the one who crushed the head of the serpent at the cross. But there was the cross. That was the striking of the heel. And as we said in the, in the kids' sermon, Galatians 4, 4 to 5, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Adoption to sonship. The Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, according to the plan of God from the beginning, when all of this fell apart, when we got broken, bruised, and battered, and were broken mind, body, soul, and spirit, he had a plan, and at the proper time, he sent Jesus. Isaiah 9, 1-7 says it in a way that is so beautiful. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders." And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So yeah, we should be humbled by the frailty of life by our lack of perspective, by the fact that we are so broken that we can't see ourselves, other people, or God as they are. But through Jesus Christ, we can be restored to a place where we can see things through God's perspective as they actually are, where we can begin to put on 
that vision and, and have that spirit of Jesus show us the truth in life. Um, he set eternity in our hearts from the beginning. And he has come as the light of the world to offer us eternal life, a satisfaction to our desire to, to, to live forever. He has given that to us through Jesus. He's, and he's promised that though things are broken now, and though even the best of us on the best days don't see things correctly, even Christians, by the way, he has promised us that all of this will be made right. That he will establish his kingdom through Jesus and that he will set things right fully someday. But until then, we have not only salvation from our sins through Jesus, we have adoption as his children, full rights as his sons and daughters. And when we see things from God's perspective, finally we can see things clearly. So this morning, uh, the worship band is going to come forward and lead us in, in the song, in the song Amazing Grace. And I just want you, if you, are, if you are wanting to receive a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, this morning, um, the, per- the only person who can fix and redeem what the enemy's stolen and repair even the brokenness that you brought on yourself, what better time than, than the Christmas season to receive this gift of life and this restoration, uh, the beginnings of it, and the healing that will follow it uh, than this morning. So I would invite you, if you want to make that decision to follow Jesus, to stand, and myself and the elders will come over and pray with you. And I also want to invite you, if you are, if you are just convicted that you have lost sight of, of a proper perspective in your life, and you're thinking, you know, that's me. I've really lost my ability to see not only uh, the truth, but I can't even see good things when they're right in front of me. Like, I am lost. I need God's mind and God's perspective on things. Stand up, and we'll come over and pray with you too. Um, the point is, in church, we, we don't come here for a show or for a snazzy speech. We come here to be changed by the Spirit of Christ. And you heard testimony this morning. God does change and work and move and heal and restore. And he can do that to your perspective. He can do that to your soul. He can do that in any way that you can imagine. So if you'd like to receive prayer this morning, stand up and we'll come pray with you as the worship team plays and then we'll dismiss you. If anyone else would like to receive prayer, we're going to, some of the elders will be up here to pray with you and other people that love to pray with others. Uh, but God is at work and God does touch and move in our lives. I would encourage you to pray this prayer. God, give me, your, give me eyes to see today what's right in front of me. That this holiday season, this Christmas season, you know, you would look at each of your loved ones, your friends, um, your family, and just remember, none of us knows how long we'll have these people. We're not promised tomorrow. Let's love them well. And let's receive love from them too. Let's let them love us and not be so hardened and self-sufficient and proud. You know, let's let love flow this Christmas season and let the Prince of Peace rule and reign in our hearts. Um, I'm going to dismiss you.